Thanks for joining me tonight for the radioactive summer break. I'm Laura Jones. The days of 47 are upon us, that time of year when the whole state celebrates our Utah pioneer spirit. And by the way, expect Days of 47 Parade and Marathon Route road closures in and around downtown Salt Lake City tomorrow. All this week on the show, I've been talking to folks to widen the lens on what that word pioneer means to them, about them, for our community. I spoke with Robert Birch about the work he and his wife Alice do to find, document, and preserve the stories of African-American pioneers in Utah. It's work that he says helps us all have a bigger picture of the Beehive State. Here's our conversation. I am Robert Birch. I am the founder and executive director of Simi Hadithi African American Heritage and Culture Foundation, as well as the Utah chapter president of the Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society, as well as a national board member. So Robert, you and your wife Alice are intimately involved in cultivating and preserving the stories of African-Americans in Utah? Yeah. Why? Yes, Why is that important? To remind our folks who we haven't heard from you in a while on Radio I know. what you do. Yeah, well, it has been a long time. and But, you know, um, I started out um, basically as a genealogist, uh, 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 helping the Genesis group that is the uh, African-American support group of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, helping the African-American members do their uh, uh, family history as well as, you know, if you're familiar with the LDS church, temple work and things of that nature. Um, from there, uh, uh, I became the secretary of the Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society, the Utah chapter. And later I became the president and have been the president ever since. I guess it's been about five years now. Yeah. Uh, so... That's what we've been really focused on is creating opportunities to help folk uh, do their genealogy uh, with the idea that as you understand your family history, that makes your present and your future uh, stronger, especially for children uh, to know their family history gives them increased in confidence and, and understanding of who they are. And therefore, they're able to go into the community and function uh, better because they're more confident about who they are and where they're from. That's one of the primary reasons that genealogy and history is so important, is to be able to help uh, our youth and our adults to be able to put themselves into the content context of the United States and understand their importance in, in its history. Well, in reconnecting with you, I found out about your new organization, Sama Haditi, African American Heritage and Culture Foundation. And just on your Facebook page, you are up to some great good trouble, it sounds like. I'm seeing information about grants. I'm seeing information about Buffalo soldiers at Fort Douglas, uh, on and on and on. So which pioneer stories, uh, a couple, would you like to share with us tonight? Uh, well, you know... Simi Hadithi uh, is Swahili for say the story. And, and actually, if you go to semihadithi.org to our website, you'll see some other things that we have going on there and that we've been focusing on, uh, some projects that Simi Hadithi has focused on. Uh, one is the history of Black women in Utah. Um, when you go to that website, you will see quite a bit of stories that we've uh, 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 
uh, have um, presented there on the website uh, a few biolo- uh, biographies. Uh, you see a section that talks about the, the women clubs and organizations that have been created since African-Americans ri- arrived here in the Utah Valley in 1847. Uh, the women were uh, integral part of the community and they did a lot of things to support themselves and strengthen themselves in order to uh, survive here out west and create a community that they they themselves respected and hopefully could have the greater community. Did uh, they come here as free women or as slaves, Robert? Oh, as both. Um, The African-Americans came out here. Many of the African-American slaves came out here with the uh, uh, with the Latter-day, uh, Latter-day Saint settlers who were slave owners, primarily in Mississippi. So most of the, the slaves that you learn about in Utah, they would come from families that were slaveholders in Mississippi. A few other places, but primarily Mississippi. Uh, and those women were among that group with the exception of, of a few that you may already know about, like Amanda... Uh, Chambers and uh, uh, Jane Manning James. Um, And so those women have created all sorts of organizations. I think we have at least 30 listed there on the website of the type of things that they were doing in the community from religious involvement to uh, uh, strengthening themselves through work, uh, finding work, uh, all type of all, all type of things. So that's one of the things that we're focusing focusing on is making sure that we don't forget the story of those of those black women who gave so much. We also right now, uh, with the help of uh, Brigham City Museum, uh, Elena Blumenthal is the director of the uh, of the uh, Brigham City uh, Museum. There, we're doing some research up there in Korean County on some of the Af- African Americans who arrived there because. We found one particular family, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it right now. I think their last name was Johnson, who actually ran a boarding house there in Korean County. So uh, our, our main focus at Simidithi right now is really uncovering all of those, uh, all of those pioneer stories. Uh, for years now, Alice has been insisting that uh, I create a history organization uh, to to start talking about some of these things, because as we were doing genealogy, we were finding some very unusual stories of African-Americans here in Utah. At the same time, we were being told that there's no history of African-Americans in Utah. And and we're thinking, no, because we're helping people with their genealogy and we're finding these fantastic stories. So the idea that uh, there's no black history in Utah is, is false. So what do we do to address that? And so that's why Simhadithi, again, means tell the story. That's why we created the organization to start telling these stories, uh, to discover them and tell them. I'll put a link in the show notes to a, a webinar, I believe it was, that happened at the end of June uh, through the Fort Douglas Military Museum. But maybe you could tell us a bit of the history of the Buffalo Soldiers in Utah. Okay. Well, we've actually done uh, several uh events on the Buffalo Soldier this year, one with the Brigham City Museum, as well as with Fort Douglas. Uh, so, uh, I, and I can find those links for you if, if you don't have them available. One of the things that we want to announce about the Buffalo Soldiers is that uh, there is a great story about the Buffalo Soldiers at Fort Duchesne, out in Duchesne. Um, 
uh, that fort is no longer there and only very tiny remnants of it remain. But as we begin to research the Buffalo Soldiers and take the emphasis or focus so much off of Fort Douglas, uh, start taking a look at Fort Duchesne and at the Uinta Basin, uh, we discovered there was a lot, quite a bit of, of history there and a lot of work that those men did in building Fort Duchesne, uh, building the road into Fort Duchesne. And so what we wanted to do is do a graphic novel on those Buffalo Soldiers stories. So we uh, began to create a graphic novel with the help of our uh, fantastic artist, uh, Riley Jensen. She has done some beautiful work, and you can see some of that at semihadithi.org, some samples of that. And uh, with our writer, uh, Fiona Hill, which we met at Fort Douglas. <laughs> so so uh, Fiona loves the Buffalo Soldiers, and she does magnificent work as far as telling their stories. She has ghost stories and story of PTSD uh, about those Buffalo soldiers, as well as their experience out in Duchesne in Uinta. Um, and uh, we also have Dwayne Marjorie and Jared Birch that involved with that project of putting that book together so that we can begin to tell the story. Again, Semedita has really been focused on discovering the story and telling the story. So right now we're really deep into the, the discovery period of, uh, of a lot of information that was never shared before. Uh, uh, so that's been our primary focus to do the research and at the same time where we can start to tell those stories. So for folks listening who might have a story to add to your collection or would like to get involved, how can they get in touch? Oh, you can get in touch with us uh, on Facebook at Simon Hadithi Foundation, I believe is the, the tag name on Facebook, Simon Hadithi Foundation, or you can go to simihadithi.org and uh, sign up. We have right now four projects, and I've described two of those projects with you. Uh, so if you're interested in contributing, whether it's material for, for as artifacts or stories that you, that you know of, uh, in your community or family members, or if you would like to financially support us, you can financially support directly to one of those working groups that's working on the research that you want to help with, or you can research, you can contribute to uh, Semi Hadithi as a whole uh, on an administrative level to make sure that we're able to continue to pay for the things that we need to make sure that this work uh, goes forward. So remind us of the two projects that you've already mentioned and what the other two are that folks can find on that website. Uh, the Black Women's Project, and we actually it's called the Black Women's Working Group, the Buffalo Soldiers Working Group. We also have the Black Church Working Group, and we also have the, the, the uh, Preservation Working Group. Uh, the Preservation Working Group, if you go to the website, you will find under preservation the story of lynching of Black men in Utah. And so we have documented there some of the lynchings uh, uh, that occurred. And we're currently trying to create a link to that to the Salt Lake County Community uh, Remembrance Project that's uh, linked to Equal Justice Initiative to recognize lynchings in various counties throughout the country. So uh, we had two lynchings here in Salt Lake County, one up near Brigham and one down in Price. In what and approximate uh, era? Dates. I'm, I'm trying to remember the the first one. Uh, Sam Joe Harvey 
I believe was right near the beginning of 1900s, but I can't remember the exact date. And uh, Thomas Coleman was was after that in the early 1900s. So for um, folks that want to think that that happened elsewhere, we have that history here yes. as well. Unfortunately, we do have that history. And the sad note to that is that there are probably more Chinese men who got lynched in Utah than black men. Uh, so uh, we want to create a program for remembering those who were uh, unjustly lynched. We're not addressing whether or not they were uh, guilty or innocent of any crimes. But what we want to address is that there's this idea of due process. And these men, whether they was black or Chinese or Greek or whatever, did not get their due process. And they was lynched before they could go before a judge. Um, and so that's the purpose of the Remembrance Project. Uh, and you also find under the Projects tab at SemiHadithi.org a list of other projects that are coming up that we'll be working on soon, too. Lots for folks to get involved with. There's lots to get involved with, yes. So what's we your, love whatever help we can get. So what's your message on Pioneer Day when there seems to be a very dominant narrative and a very uh, festive atmosphere about uh, Mormon pioneers entering the Salt Lake Valley, and there's so much more to the foundational story of any community. Yes, yes. Um, well, the stories we're trying to tell of the African Americans here in Utah would date back to 1822, which would be 25 years before the founding of Salt Lake City, 25 years before Brigham Young and the company got out here. Uh, and one of the reasons we wanted to focus so much on history was that we would get some of the common stories, like the story of James Beckworth, you know, went to Cash Valley. He was a, a fur trader, blah, blah, blah. But when you really get into the story of James Beckworth, you discover that he fought in three conflicts for the U.S. Army out here. He was a sergeant in the U.S. Army. So he did more than just uh, come out here and, and, and hunt highs. He, he was a soldier. He was a buffalo soldier. And he created uh, 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 a path from California, excuse me, from Colorado through Utah, through Nevada, into California, that's still named to this day the Beckworth Pass. So he came out here and there was a number of other men and women who came out with other pioneer parties uh, dealing with Bridger and uh, um, uh, the other gentlemen, the other two gentlemen parties, uh, name escaped me. Lewis right. and Clark? Uh, yes, we had at least one or two with Lewis and Clark, but I'm thinking more more recent to the 1800s. And like I said, I can't I can't think of their names right now. But That's we okay. had black men who came out with those parties as well, who made it all the way out to California and mm -hmm. stayed. Uh, so the the history of African Americans as pioneers predates Mormon settlement. Yeah. And that 1820 uh, date that you have is about Beckworth. The 1822 date would be about the the Beckworth and uh, I want to say his name was LeBeau and several other black men. But yeah, all around that same time, because you had a lot of activity in Colorado, Utah and Nevada, all of which was being called Utah Territory, um, leading out to California, where those men participated in a lot of expeditions out here in mm -hmm. and. and like with Beth work, they stayed. Well, Robert, we're doing something called Songs of Summer, where we're asking our guests to dedicate a song to the community. I thought you might have something fun you'd like to add to our Songs of Summer playlist. <laughs> 
Songs of Summer. Let me see. Well, you know, when I think of summer, I usually <laughs> have this song from Will Smith, Summertime. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and uh, Grazing in the Grass. I don't know if you remember Grazing in the Grass. Oh, Grazing in the Grass. Who do you want to dedicate that to? I, I would say probably my wife because we used to hang out at the park all the time. Just grazing the grass and enjoying the summertime and enjoying the park, barbecuing and just hanging out. Robert Birch, thank you so much for sharing more of what you are up to in the community. We'll put links in the show notes, okay? All righty. Thank you very much, Laura. I appreciate it. Good to see you again. It's the Friends of Distinction doing a vocal version of Hugh Masekela's song, Grazing in the Grass. Just for Allison Robert Birch here on KRCL 90.9, Songs of Summer.